Welcome back to the AM show. I'm Miles Davis alongside Andre Monroe. Andre, how's it going today? It's going okay, but how about you? Pretty okay, man. I mean, I'm going I'm doing okay as well because, you know, Sixers are down 3-2 and game 6 is tonight in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's get right into the topic. That's actually our first topic for today. We're going to be talking about the Sixers and their recent struggles against the Atlanta Hawks losing the last two games after having double multiple double digits leads. Andre, what are your thoughts on that? And also what do you think are the Sixers chances at winning game six in Atlanta after losing home court advantage again? I something needs to be done for the Sixers because it's no way we could have this great team, great roster, uh great success in the regular season and now collapse against the Atlanta Hawks. I mean it was two games in a row where we blew big leads and you know, I was I'm a big Doc Rivers fan, but I saw a graphic that um it was a it was a graphic that said in the last two postseasons, uh Doc Rivers had like he was coaching the Clippers last year, and they blew a couple of leads that were 15 plus. And now he's coaching the Sixers, and now we blow multiple leads of 15 plus or 10 plus. And basically, the graphic showed that um, out of all the teams who blew leads in the postseason over the last two years, Doc Rivers was among the most of them. So I'm not saying this is all solely on Doc Rivers, but it is kind of his fault, being that he relies on the bench too much. Um, all throughout the series, we haven't been getting great contributions from the bench lineup. We've, we've been getting some good contributions from Dwight Howard and other specific players on the bench. But as a lineup, as just all bench lineups, I don't know why he keeps resorting to all bench lineups in the playoffs. It's the playoffs. It's the second round of the playoffs. The series, is, we're not like up 3-1. We're not up uh, like 3-0. We're tied and you keep resorting to bench lineups all bench lineups, not even one starter in the lineup, not even Tobias Harris, not even Ben Simmons, not even Joel Embiid, just all bench lineups, and that has not worked, and he keeps resorting to it. And last game, when he went to the all bench lineup, that's when we started to fall apart, and that's what led to the comeback for the Hawks. So part of it's on Doc Rivers, and part of it's on another player that I'm going to talk about after you go. So I want to hear what your thoughts, though. So, yeah, so first off, I'm straight up disappointed. I am, and I... This is something that I've been talking about. I talked about this last season, and I talked. Um, I feel like I'm gonna have to talk this season, talk about this this season as well. If the Sixers end up losing Game Six, and it's about trading Ben Simmons, I feel like this happens every single year because we get to the playoffs, we realize that this dude has no sort of offensive game besides taking it to the hoop. That when he doesn't take it to the hoop and he's not aggressive, he's a complete liability. Now, I remember the videos talking, Dwight Howard trying to defend him, and I completely respect that because in the end, we are not the NBA basketball players because, and Dwight Howard and Ben Simmons both are, so we have to respect their opinion. But at that same time, we can see with our own eyes that Ben Simmons is not contributing offensively and is a liability to this team. Yeah, yeah, and Moss, we're, we're, we're not, you said we're not um, NBA players. That's, of course, true, but we're also... We're also Sixers fans. We want to see Ben Simmons succeed. We're not people who want to see Ben Simmons fail in the playoffs or in the regular season. But we have to be realistic with this guy. It's been multiple years of the same thing. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like he's been almost the same player since his rookie year. And I feel like when it comes to like bat NBA players, one of the best things to do is see them grow and see them develop and utilize their potential. But if you're staying stagnant then 
and you're getting paid all this money. You're pay- getting paid. You have one of, if not the highest second, I'm pretty sure the second highest salary on this team. Then we'd expect you to deliver. Now, I'm not trying to say that Benson isn't doing anything because, of course, he is an absolute stud defensively. But I feel like if we do end up lose this, losing this series, I feel like we're going to have to take into account Ben Simmons. I feel like if Tobias Harris has a game like he did yesterday, then we're also going to have to, like he did on Wednesday, my bad, mm-hmm. then I think we're going to have to look at him in the mirror, and we're also going to take a look at the Sixers bench because they have not been playing well. As you said, one of the reasons why we went on, why the Hawks were able to go on that run is because we had our bench lineup in. And I believe at one point he did actually leave Tobias Harris in, but Tobias Harris was absolutely silent you wouldn't even know that he was there and i feel like if you are going to have that bench lineup in you have to have that one starter in that's actually doing stuff bring having a starter play that's not doing anything isn't going to help contribute to the team or help them stop any sort of runs or any attempts at a run that atlanta would have and that's all yeah yeah that's on doc rivers because tobias harris he put the bench lineup in in a third quarter i think it was like mid third quarter or whatever it was and up to that point tobias harris was having a terrible game so instead of keeping uh seth curry in there instead of keeping joel Embiid in there he kept tobias harris in there who predictably uh tobias harris did absolutely nothing in the third quarter nothing in the fourth quarter nothing all game basically and actually miles Joel Embiid and Steph, uh, not Steph, <laughs> I mean, he looked like Steph, but Joel Embiid and Seth Curry were the only two Sixers players who made a field goal in the second half. That is unacceptable, especially when you have Tobias Harris, especially when you have Ben Simmons, another all-star on your team who can't even make a bucket. Um, and more about Ben Simmons, it's not, even, it's not even the fact that he can't shoot. It's not even the fact that he has no offensive game. It's the fact that he is not aggressive. It's the fact that he can't make a free throw to save his life. It's the fact that he's six foot eleven and doesn't have a post game, doesn't have a face up game, has no post moves, has no um no like no moves. You don't even have to have a jump shot. You don't have to shoot from the three. Um, but you have to at least you have to at least for an NBA player, you should have some type of post up game, some type of creativity as a finisher and he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. It's disappointing. Um, I don't know what he works on in the offseason, but obviously it's not his offensive game because he has been stagnant on the offensive end for years now. I mean, it's like because in his rookie year, in the sophomore year, he was actually better than he was now offensively. So it's like he's been declining, which is disappointing. And of course, he's good on defense, but it's disappointing. Yeah, I do. Feel, and like, I've heard a lot of people say this. Some of my classmates and friends have been talking about like how we should try to trade him for Damian try and make a trade for Damian Lillard and I would love that I feel like that would really be the whole Batman and Robin thing personified in the modern day and I would love to see that the issue is is that at that same time as Ben Simmons continues to underperform the Trailblazers are probably looking at this and saying well if Damon's demanding a trade do we really want him like, yeah, Ben Simmons is a great player, but it's like we're going to need more than just Ben Simmons. We're going to need first-round picks. We may need a rookie star like Tyrese Maxey. I just feel I just feel like if we are to trade Ben Simmons, I feel like as time goes on, his value is declining because other organizations are seeing that he is great defensively but a huge liability on the offensive end. Massive especially when it pertains to scoring the rock. 
And I mean, we we got on Ben Simmons a little bit, but the reality of the situation is the Sixers are down three two to the Atlanta Hawks. I we did not see ourselves here. We did not see ourselves in a win or go home situation against the Hawks on the Hawks home floor. So we'll see what the Sixers are made of uh, tonight. It's going to be, I think, I don't know what the exact time is, but the Sixers play the Hawks tonight. Uh, game six, winner go home for the 76ers. And man, this is, this is a game where I'm going to learn a lot about these players, about the coach, about the whole Sixers organization. Because if they don't deliver, I'm going to be really disappointed. Yes. And so now let's move on to our next topic of the day. So, a little bit, a couple, like an hour before this recording, the Boston Celtics and Oklahoma City Thunder completed a trade for Kemba Walker. So let me quickly read out the details. Mm-hmm. So basically, the Oklahoma City Thunder received Kemba Walker, and they received, they also received the 16th pick in this year's draft. So it's a little bit right after the lottery. And they're also getting, let's see, and then the Boston Celtics are getting. Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second-round pick. So, Andre, what are your thoughts on this trade? Um, they got Moses Brown, a good young player. Uh, not he has some potential, and Moses Brown does. But it just speaks to how little value that uh, Kemba Walker has. And I actually think that the Celtics lost this trade. Of course, when you're Sam Presti, getting all these first-round picks, piling up all these first-round picks, flipping players. Uh, Sam Presti is forever going to be a winner in my book, but um, it just speaks to how little value Kemba Walker has. Um, I don't know why they're trading Kemba Walker for a 35-year-old Al Horford. I thought that Kemba Walker had a little bit more value than that, but supposedly not. They also did get Moses Brown, like I said, um, but the the okay, see, Thunder, they definitely won this trade. They definitely won this trade. They got another first-round pick. Um, they got rid of Al Horford's contract. Um, they got on Kemba Walker's contract, but they, they're at really confident that they're going to flip Kemba Walker. Sam Presti always does this, so we'll see what happens. But in my opinion, like I said, the Oklahoma City Thunder won this trade. The Celtics, I don't know what their plan is. Um, they got Al Horford, who's a good leader, I guess, but I don't know how, um, I know where he's at at this point in his career on the on the court. But yeah, Moses Brown, we'll see how he's paired with Grant Williams. I think that's going to be a good uh, one-two punch, a uh, young core. But other than that, like I said, Oklahoma City Thunder won this trade. Yeah, I think the fact that they traded a first-round pick in essentially for Al Horford and Moses Brown, I understand that it may be in the middle of the pack, but that's the point where it's like that pick is usually where you can draft a sleeper pick. Like, I've seen in past drafts where some of the best players are actually taken in the middle of the draft. For instance, I think it was a 2018 NBA draft, which is the example I'm going to use, where Michael Porter Jr., he was considered one of the best prospects, top 10 prospects. He was drafted in like, at like 18 to the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. If the Celtics were to get one of those sleeper players, I feel like they'd be able, that would be very, very, very good for this te- for that team because you have a superstar. You have a solid compliment to him in Jason Tatum. You have, well, you had a point guard. You have Marcus Smart, who I guess is likely going to be playing the one now. And then you have, I guess, Al Horford now? Grant Williams, as you said. 
I'm taking so hold on. Let me take a look. I'm gonna take a look at some of the prospects that are available in the draft, and there are there are some pretty solid players here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I thought. Wait, isn't okay? What was the trade details again? Because I thought Oklahoma City got the first round pick. Yeah, they did get the first round. Okay, pick. yeah, yeah. So I'm saying they could have. Yeah, they could have used that. And but also, like, we don't know for sure how deep this class is going to be. You know, you never really know. You know. And it's crazy that they had to attach a first round pick just to get rid of Kemba Walker. I mean, that's surprising. Kemba Walker. I mean, he was he was a great player with the Hornets, and it just when he got to the Celtics, I mean, his efficiency just plummeted. It's disappointing to see because he actually I was rooting for him with the Hornets, but when he got to the Celtics, I mean, he just fell off. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's really interesting because in the event that the Thunder win the lottery and get the first pick in the draft, everybody knows who the first pick in the draft is going to be. It's going to be Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. But the issue is now is that you already have a starting shooting guard in Shai Gillis-Alexander. Cade Cunningham can play the one and the two really well. But then if you have Kemba Walker, what is well, how is that going to work? Does that mean that Kemba Walker becomes a bench player for the first time in, in a long time in his career? Is yeah. that what's going to happen? I mean, he he. I wouldn't rule it out. I, would, I wouldn't rule out him being a sixth man. But um, but yeah, this draft class, I, I looked at some of the prospects earlier, and they're kind of loaded at the top. I don't know much about the lottery side of things or around the lottery picks but at the top is loaded but it seems like a lot of it seems like the lottery picks there's a lot of players who either played really well in the ncaa tournament or were just really good players on their teams yeah but i don't for instance like trey man he's ranked like the trey man and sharif cooper they were ranked pretty high coming out of college Uh, and they're top 20 prospects so you never know well that's because that's because of March Madness, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Because March Madness, and also I'm, just, but really I'm just excited to see which one of these prospects I think could potentially fall. I do feel like the top, like I'm not really expecting to see that many like shakeups. Well, all in all, be- all in all, I don't really expect. I mean, it, that could happen, but I don't really expect Sam Pricey to keep that 16 pick and actually use it on the player. I expect him to flip his assets like he's been doing over the past couple of years yeah i just don't know the issue is the only reason why i don't know how much value that's going to be is because usually if you trade a pick in the lottery that pick is going to be for another player or for i guess later picks if someone or like on draft day someone's trying to trade up but it's like i just don't really see any of those players where it's like dude after like where it's like after this pick there is somebody that is like I need to draft this person because he would be a steal for our franchise and can help us in the long run win a championship. The only person that I think I could see that is maybe, maybe Trey Man. I'm not sure. I feel like I've really liked what I've seen from him, but yeah, you, you never know. Yeah, well, we can move on to the next topic: the Brooklyn Nets and the. Yeah, Milwaukee Bucks, they're on a crash course for a game seven now after the Bucks just took game six. So they're going to have game seven at Barclays Center and the Nets Stadium. So, Miles, who do you think is going to win that game? And what do you think about the previous couple of games that's transpired? I think Brooklyn's going to win. I do. I feel like the way that this series is panning out, Milwaukee's winning games in Milwaukee. Brooklyn is winning their games in Brooklyn. 
because of this consistent pattern, I just don't think now is the time that Milwaukee takes it. I just feel like Brooklyn, like game seven, this is where nothing really matters. All that matters is this one game. And I feel like if, it, if I need someone to give, win me one game, I trust more in Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. And I just, I've had that gut feeling that the Brooklyn Nets will win game seven and advance to the conference finals. Yeah, I I want to I, you're probably right, Aunt Miles. You're probably right. But I just no. want the Nets to lose so badly that I am yeah. going to actually pick the Bucks. I'm gonna pick the Bucks for this reason. The Bucks they they should have won this in six, honestly, especially with Harden missing time or the Kyrie missing time. If they were the team that I thought they were, they would have won this in six. We're at seven now. Um it's whatever, but the Bucks they should have they should have closed this out in six, maybe even five if they took the first game. But what I've learned from the Bucks this postseason or this series is that they are they are a badly coached team. They are they are an overrated team. Um, Giannis has been doing good, but they are just such an up and down team that it's hard to pick. It's hard to predict what they're going to play like. It's hard to predict who's when they're going to win. Because they're so unpredictable. Sorry. But, yeah, Mike Budenholzer, Bucks coach, he's just been disappointing me so much. I mean, it's so many decisions that I disagree with that he's been doing. For example, not letting Giannis guard KD, um, not driving it on Harden. Because a couple of games ago, it was game game five, I think it was, when Harden returned and he was kind of on a bad hamstring. The Bucks did not take advantage of that at all. They did not take advantage of switches. They did not switch onto Harden and drive it to the paint. Um, all they did in Game Five was just play ISO ball, no ball movement. And that was actually the game where the Bucks actually, um, in the in the first half, they actually got they jumped onto a big lead against the Nets. But after that, they just collapsed. They just collapsed, and of course, Kevin Durant went off, had a fifty point triple double. But yeah, the Bucks. They should have closed this out way earlier, but Mike Mike Budenholzer has been a horrific coach. Um, the Bucks have been just up and down all series. So I said to say, I say that to say that while the Bucks have been um, unpredictable, while the Bucks have been disappointing, I do expect them to beat the Nets in seven because the Nets are without Kyrie. The Nets um, have also been up and down with their shooting, and I love KD. I think. KD will deliver, but all in all, I just think that the Bucks are going to come ready, and I think they're going to beat the Nets in seven. Well, Andre, in the end, one of us is going to be right, so that's what matters yeah. in the end. But let's so actually before we talk about the Clippers, do you want to let's talk about let's do our segment for the day? Of course, one oh, yeah, thing yeah. that surprised us, and so I'm going to go a little bit different today. I'm going to talk about soccer. Now, I don't know how many of you A&M show listeners are actually a big fan of soccer, but I kind of am. You know, I've been I, I've watched a little bit from time to time whenever I get the chance. And one game that I watched recently was the UEFA Euros. And the one game that I did watch was England versus Croatia. And mm-hmm. Croatia, I'm pretty sure they were the team that actually knocked England out and stopped them from coming home, I, from football from coming home. So it was really interesting to watch that rematch 
to watch that rematch. And it was nice because I'm a Manchester City fan, and the person who actually won Croatia, run England, won England the game was Raheem Sterling. Yeah. And because he hasn't been playing that well this year, this this past season, he kind of didn't he didn't play well in the UEFA Champions League final against Chelsea, and just the fact that he was able to come back and score the game winning goal and the go ahead goal against the team that knocked them out from the World Cup and the group stages, and well now in the group stages, I feel like was really cool, and I feel like that would be what I have for today. But Andre, what's yours? Mine's is. Something that's kind of controversial in the sports world is not specifically about sports, um, the world sports, but it's about Madden, right? Miles, I think you play Madden. Um, I used to be a big Madden player, um, but as I grew up, I stopped playing video games a lot. And But I saw the cover of Madden, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, and my opinion on the cover was why are there two people in the cover one? They're like Mahomes was on the cover last year, so he already got his he already got his um gratitude, he already got his um praise and whatever it may be. And this year they put Mahomes back on the cover when Mahomes just lost the Super Bowl and when Tom Brady just lost the Super uh, just won the Super Bowl. So I feel like Tom Brady should have been solo on the cover, or instead of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, I feel like the person who got snubbed from the Madden cover was Aaron Rodgers. But um. Because he just won MVP, of course. He's had a great season. Um, so, And that's usually what happens. The MVP gets graces the cover of Madden. But um, at the end of the day, it's just Madden. Um, we'll see how the game actually turns out because I've been, I've been hoping that Madden comes out with a good game for years now. Um, they've been letting me down, but we'll see what happens. I just think that Tom Brady and Petra Holmes should not have been on this cover, especially... Because I don't think we've ever seen two people in one cover. I feel like it should have been Aaron Rodgers. But we'll see how the actual game turns out. Yeah. I, the only time I've seen multiple people on the cover of a game, I believe, was NBA 2K16. Yeah, it was like, I think it was Harden, Westbrook, and... Yeah, see. and UFC 4. Those are the only two games that I can remember where you have multiple cover athletes. And... What's really interesting to me, and like one of the reasons why I wasn't the biggest fan, is like, yeah, having Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes is great, but the issue is, is that you just had them. It seems like now yeah. you're just trying to consistently repeat the same formula over and over and over again. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I guess I guess the only reason why they're doing that is because they're just making the same game as Madden 21 for like the third straight year in a row the I, the only time I play Madden is when like someone asks me to play and I just want to like beat someone in Madden but other than that like I I used to love franchise mode I used to love ultimate team those type yeah. of modes but it just felt off so bad like now I'm a two, I'm more of a 2k player more of a Call of Duty player but um yeah Madden hopefully they come out with a good game because it's been disappointing yeah well Last and certainly not least, we're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Clippers because they are up now 3-2 to two in their series against the Utah Jazz right now. Mm-hmm. Which is really surprising. Really surprising. Yeah, I did not see that coming because they were down 0-2. Yeah. And they've won three straight. Yeah. But I feel like we should have, we should have we should have expected this because that's this every every single round, Andre. They go 0-2. We film a podcast episode. We talk about how this could be the end. And then they win. 
I saw something that said like Kawhi Leonard's the best down O two play. Like Kawhi Leonard down O two is one of the best players in NBA history. I mean, he's just insane. But prayers up to him because he's actually injured right now. But yeah, he was the reason that they were able to like actually tie the series. But I guess we have to give credit to Paul George as well because even though there's been a lot of criticism to, towards his name and all the memes and stuff like that. He played a really good game in Game 5 when the Clippers needed him and when Kawhi was down. And I feel like I would love to see him do that again. Because is Kawhi playing Game 6? I'm not sure. I don't think he, he is. He hasn't been ruled out, but it, I don't think he's going to play. I think he's actually... Yeah, right now he's listed as out right oh, now. Oh, yes. Wow. And that's so disappointing because I think if he was... If, if Kawhi Leonard was playing, the Clippers would actually be my pick to make the finals. Kawhi yeah. Leonard was playing, so that's disappointing. I mean, injuries have been just insane this year. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Kyrie Harden, um, Embiid missed time. A Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard. It's just really crazy. I know I'm missing other people like Jamal Murray, but it's been crazy. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, let me let me read off some stats though, because Paul George, like you said, he is no longer pandemic P. He is now again playoff p he's reclaimed his title as playoff p he's averaging yeah. almost 30 points in the series 29.2 points to go along with great efficiency 41 percent of the three point 44 percent from the field um of course he got he gets his nine rebounds five assists so he's putting up great numbers on great efficiency um and he's he's been he's been doing his thing he's been doing his thing a lot of people criticize him and when he has a good game no one seems to talk about it so we're going to talk about it. He's been having great multiple games. Last game against the um, Jazz, it seemed like he couldn't miss. I mean, he was just making shot after shot. His like when Paul George is on his game, he's one of the he's one of my favorite players to watch when he's on his game because his jumper is just so smooth. He can get, he can get into the paint effortlessly, and he's also a great defender. Don't forget, he was one of the best two way players a couple years ago. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul George, one of my favorite players to watch when he's on. And, of course, we want to watch players when they're doing good, when they're playing up to the best ability. And that's what Paul George has been doing in these last few games. So, Andre, do you think that the Clippers win? I I don't see the Jazz winning. I don't see the Jazz losing, excuse me, multiple games in a row. I mean, especially without Kawhi Leonard. The Jazz, they were supposed to be this team that was, that was a favorite to win the title. I mean, they were number one seed, correct? Yes, yeah, the Jazz are the one. They were the number one seed, so I just don't see them win, losing to a Kawhi-less Clippers. But crazier things have happened, and if they do win, then that's going to be a game seven. And if the Sixers win, that's also going to be a game seven. So we are looking at potentially three game sevens this weekend. That would be insane. That would be great podcast material. That would be perf- perfect podcast material. So in the end, I hope the Sixers win. I kind of hope the Clippers win because, you know, I'm, I like Kawhi a little bit, which is pretty cool. He's, I think he's pretty chill. But, yeah, I don't really care who wins the Nets game. I just You don't care? I don't care. Mouse. I don't care. Mouse. Would you rather face okay. the Bucks win? I want the Bucks to win because Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. I'd love to see him succeed. I feel like, I feel like you're just demoralized because it's six series because – I am demoralized, Andre. The Sixers yeah. might actually lose tonight. I don't like our chances. Like, if I had to choose a team to who's going to win today, my guess would I'm going to vote against the Sixers. 
as much as I hate to say it, I think the Hawks are going to win tonight, and I think they're going to close up this series. The fact that we can't even win at, in Philadelphia, that means we're going to need some major changes. Major. Like, just in game plan and strategy. Because I do think that we can hold on. It, because the fact is, it doesn't matter how much of a lead we have if all of our bench players and Tobias Harris aren't making shots, and they're not stopping the Atlanta Hawks on defense. I'll give Tobias Harris some leeway because this has been the first game that he's not shown up in a while. Like yeah. since the beginning of the regular season. I mean he's been on for a while, so I'm gonna give him a pass. But Ben Simmons is the one guy who I am not I'm not giving Ben Simmons a pass. Miles, we have praised his defense ability for months now. And yes. it's like that can only take you so far. And it's not like he guards Trey Young every single possession anyway. So exactly. and, so it's just I need Ben. Like I need a twenty point triple double at this point. I need something from Ben Simmons. I don't need a forty two point game, but it's just I mean, uh, uh, it's like it's crazy I do, when he's. I do, I do feel like if the Sixers, I feel like Daryl Morey is the kind of leap person now where it's like he's going to look this team in the mirror and be like, we need to change. The only safe person, the only, the only, there are only a few safe people on this roster, and I don't think Ben Simmons in Daryl Morey's eyes, would be one of them. I think mm-hmm. I think Joel would be safe. I think Seth, for the most part, would be safe. I don't think Ben Simmons would be safe. I don't think Ben Simmons is safe even now because they almost traded him for James Harden. So he was never safe in the first place. Yeah. So I feel like if, if a star comes on, if a star, if a superstar is on the board, I feel like Daryl Morey would be more than willing to pull the trigger, especially, especially if we lose tonight or if we lose on Sunday, if we do game seven, I feel like either way, I feel like Daryl Morey is going to look this team in the mirror and say, we need to change and we're going to need extreme changes. But speaking of that, you just mentioned that. Ben Simmons was in trade discussions with James Harden. James Harden, the top five player in the NBA, only a couple months ago. And now, if you look at it, his trade value is not there anymore. Like, Ben Simmons, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was traded for Alonzo Ball or CJ McCollum because that's where his value is at this point. And it's really disappointing to see his um, his decline over the last few months, over the last few years, actually. I mean... I, I need a 20-point to a double game from Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, if you're listening, which he's not, but, I mean, I need a 20-point, th- 30-point triple-double. I mean, I need a lot from Ben Simmons to redeem himself um, because last the, these last couple of games has been terrible, horrific from Ben Simmons. Absolutely. So I guess we're going to have to wait and see. The Sixers game is tonight at 7.30, I'm pretty sure. But that's all we have today from the a show. From Andre, I'm Miles. We'll see you next time.